0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: There's trauma in losing everything you own. There's there's trauma in losing a job and there's trauma in cancer. And I said, what can I control of these three things? The one thing that I controlled was my positive mindset and feeling that this was going to make me better and each treatment was going to get me closer to my son. Because I think when some people are sick, our mindset can make us sicker. My mindset towards a more positive trajectory definitely helped me get through one of the darkest times in my life.
0: Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Latwaco, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday! Um, so happy you're here and I'm really excited about today's guest. I think she is probably one of the more unique guests that we have had on the podcast. Her name is Jazz Booth. She's a public speaker, activist. She's a spiritual entrepreneur. She's an army veteran. She also went through some very tough times in life. Jazz has probably experienced more in a short period of time than many people would even experience in a lifetime. Yet she still remains positive positive and inspired and didn't let any of those things hold her back Um, and she's accomplished some really incredible things so a little bit on jazz if you guys don't know who she is she's a disabled army veteran Um, she battled with cancer homelessness depression Um, She had had multiple surgeries and lost everything she owned to Hurricane Katrina. That was probably the lower times in her life, yet she still has all of these incredible things that she's accomplished, even during times of extreme hardship. She started her own nonprofit when she saw a need in the veteran community. She started her own nonprofit called The Final Salute, Inc. She raised over $4 million to help provide over 7,000 homeless veterans with housing. She's truly incredible. And then from talking to her, I realized she lived leaned on a lot of just positive reaffirmation for herself and positive self-talk even in the hardest times of her life even when positive self-talk and positivity seemed almost unnatural or extremely hard to lean on that seemed to be one of jazz's main sources of hope and faith in the fact that she was going to make it through all of these tough times and i just find her really refreshing and for those of you that might be going through harder things in life, or as we all do, go through ups and downs. I think Jazz provides a lot of great resources and great advice on how to lean on certain things like positivity, her own spiritual practice that she developed through these hard times, to lean on those things when life gets a little tough and how it can create really beautiful, magical things out of it um, when you do work through it, when you do keep yourself positive, when you trust that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So there's so much good in here. And she's also a big advocate for women, especially finding their own inner beauty. And she explains this a lot, but basically with the media and social media and all of the ideals that women are expected to look like and be like, especially in regards to beauty, she does a beautiful way explaining how beauty obviously is more than just what's on the outside, but definitely what's on the inside and how you feel about yourself, how you present yourself to the world, how you speak to yourself. beauty starts from that deeper knowing of who you are and what you have to offer to the world. So it goes so much more beyond just what you look like, what outfit you have on, what makeup you're wearing that day. Again, she speaks on this so beautifully. So yeah, we talked today about this balance of the light and the dark in your life, which I just think that's kind of what life is all about. We're going to go through really highs and a lot of lows in life. And I think we can balance them both to create magic and overcome hard things and make ourselves stronger. And I think her story and the way she speaks on these two different times Of life and how we can balance them within our own lives is super helpful and definitely a powerful conversation. So, definitely listen to the episode, share it with a friend, someone that you really care about, really anyone that you think could use this conversation, please share it. I would love it. Also, if you guys would tag us on social media at something to share podcast so we can repost you. Um, Besides that, my something to share, I actually had a really great conversation with Viviana from. If you guys don't remember her, she is from Ari's season of The Bachelor. She's on Paradise a bunch of times. She was on Winter Games, and she's been on the podcast. And I just find that Bibiana, whenever we talk, we actually have met in person one time, but whenever we talk, we are always on the same page. I just feel like Bibiana and I lean on a lot of the same things and that we're very aligned in how we see the world and how we want to represent ourselves within the world and just the difference that we're trying to make. And I I just find her very refreshing. And we had a long conversation last week. She just randomly reached out and was like, hey, I just think we need to catch up. Her and I don't talk that often, but I was like, oh my God, yeah, let's catch up. So we talked about just how we want to utilize this platform that we have and the gifts that we were given to us from going on a crazy TV show and use them for good and how we can best do that. Both of us shared in the fact that sometimes it's hard when you feel like you're putting all of your effort and energy and thoughts and care into the things that you're putting out into the world. For me, it's this podcast or sometimes random things I'll put on social media and not feel like it's being received or That's your message is fully coming across and both of us dealing with that feeling lately But I think what we took away from the conversation was It's easy to look to other people that are doing things that are similar than you for us It's other people in the franchise for anyone else out there. It could be people that you work with your friends People that you're in community with. Um, it's easy to look to other people and think like oh i'm not doing enough I could be doing more what i'm doing is not good enough She's further along than I am. I should be here because we come from similar backgrounds and that means that we should have similar outcomes. And I think what we gathered from that conversation was that's absolutely not true and that we all have our own unique paths and timelines for how we're supposed to do things. Just because someone is where you think or what you perceive is the end or the outcome that you're looking for, maybe that's not the outcome that you're actually meant for. Maybe what you're meant for is something even bigger that takes even more time and even more pushback for you to get to. You really never know, but by comparing yourself or thinking, oh, what's the point? I'm just going to stop trying because I'm never going to get to where she's at. It's never the way to do it. I know it's so easy to lean on and that's so easy to fall back and feel like you're not where you want to be yet. But I think that conversation just puts into perspective for me that no one really feels like they have figured it all out or they've arrived where they wanted to be exactly. Not always taking things for face value, not always taking an Instagram feed or the highlight reel for the end all be all because people go through so many things in life that you don't even realize are happening underneath the surface. And I think it's just all about what you make of those harder times, which is exactly what we're going to talk about a lot today on on this podcast, working through those transition periods and how much greatness can come out of them if you don't let yourself not take those steps forward into a direction that might not even seem like you're walking anywhere. It might just seem like you're walking in a circle, but You just have to keep walking. You have to keep taking those steps. You have to keep moving forward into what you hope can be the thing that you're aiming for, the thing that you're looking for. Again, don't look left and right to compare yourself to other people. Instead, use that as just information and knowledge for the direction that you are feeling like you should be going or things that inspire you. So if you're looking to your friends, um, family members, coworkers, really anyone, and you are feeling stifled by their successes, by what they've accomplished and you feel like you should have accomplished those things by now or you should be at to wherever they are at in life, I would just remind you that we are all individually working towards our own goals, our own destinations. They're not gonna look the same as everyone else's. I like to take inspiration from other people, but when I find myself leaning less into inspiration and more into comparison, I have to take breaks. I have to remove myself from looking at those things Sometimes I'll meet people. Sometimes I'll just take breaks off of social media. Whatever the thing is that gets you into that headspace, I would just remove yourself from it for some time. Take a break. Think about what you really want, what you have to offer, and know that your own uniqueness and your own way of doing things is going to be that much better than you just trying to follow someone's exact path, follow someone's exact way of doing things, or essentially just copying what someone else does because it got them to where you think you're supposed to be. I would just invite everyone to lean a little bit more into their own power, their own abilities, their own unique gifts that they have to offer with the world, which I think is essentially what this podcast is about. is offering people stories of other people like Jazz today who have created their own path and have gotten to where they are or gotten to certain successes and showing the other side of what that looks like, not just showing the success and the awards and the companies that she's built, but so showing the behind the scenes and how she got to, to where she is. So you can see that there is more to it, the story than just the successes and the wins in life. There's always more to the story than what you see. So if you feel like you're not there yet, maybe you're just in that in-between on the way to getting exactly where you're supposed to be. Oh, and just a funny side note, um, completely random thought, but this weekend, Nick and I went to a wedding and we came back to the hotel and I was like scrolling through my phone It had been a long day. The wedding was at 1 and the reception wasn't until 6 p.m. So it was a very long day for us. And we got back to the hotel. I was checking my phone and I saw that someone commented on one of my pictures that Dixie was – that Dixie had to be either obese or extremely overweight and I'm sure a vet has told us that she's unhealthy and there's no way she can look like that and be healthy. And I was like, oh, wow. So good to know that we've moved past body shaming people and now we're body shaming animals. So – Good to know we've stooped to that level. Um, And I can't even tell you the amount of rage that Nick and I both felt from that comment just because Dixie and just dogs and animals in general are pure love and joy. And for someone to speak negatively about that or them, I cannot even fathom. And for us to be judging other people's bodies especially animals like like what are we doing <laughs> so we were pissed and we were like let's troll her back let's come back i mean we didn't do any of those things but i just the amount of shock that i felt just knowing that we've stooped to the level of body shaming dogs now is mind-blowing to me and that's really all i have to share today just be nice to people again i'll just remind you that everyone is on their own path and working through their own things and what you see on the outside on the surface is not always what's happening underneath and there's always more to the story so just remember that uh, so thank you guys for listening please share this episode again with a friend i would love if you guys would write a five-star re- review before you go and remember to like the podcast on apple so you can get informed of new episodes that come out every wednesday without further ado guys here is jazz Jazz, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to sit down with you. First of all, thank you for your service and for everything that you have done since then. Um, How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you, Sydney?
0: I'm great. Like I said, I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, First, before we jump into everything, because people may not know you, and I want to give you the floor to tell everyone who you are, what your background is, and why you are so amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So thank you. So uh, my name is Jazz. I am a 17-year Army veteran. Um, I'm also a cancer survivor. I am a a mom. I am a wife. I've also, um, I've had quite a few trials and tribulations during my life, but I took them all as uh, learning lessons instead of trauma. Um, I've just been through a lot, but, you know, I still find reasons to smile today. I still find reasons to um, you know, enjoy life, and so I always, uh, through my teachings and interactions, to tell people to you know find the joy and just have another day to to mm-hmm. you know uh, find some joy in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a rough ride. I mean, it's it's a I can give you the short, long story if you like. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'll take the long story too, but go ahead and lay it on
1: <laughs> Sure. So most people know me through my my nonprofit advocacy, which is housing homeless women, veterans, and that journey came through my own um, experience through homelessness um, via losing everything to Hurricane Katrina after my cancer diagnosis. Literally 30 days after losing everything to Hurricane Katrina, I received a head, neck, and throat cancer diagnosis. Um, So this is back in 2005, and um, I was a single mother, and um, I had gotten um, orders to deploy to Iraq, and I was so excited because I would be given a leadership position and, you know, leadership positions, even so today in the military. Um, I mean, it's getting better. But for women in, in the military, leadership positions, especially, you know, in combat situations are not something that really come by. So I was really excited about this opportunity. But I also I didn't feel well doing my training. And I will fortunately tell you for a woman in a leadership position in the military, you, you don't get to have a bad day. You know, you always have to put on a good face. You always have to, as, as the army say, you know, suck it up and drive on. And like a lot of women do, we put our health, you know, on the back burner because we're busy trying to take care of so many people are also trying to put on the face that I'm tough enough. I'm a strong woman. You know, I can get through this. And, and, and unfortunately for some of us, we were literally dying inside. And so I always tell people that, um, Hurricane Katrina was a blessing in disguise for me because when it happened, it affected a lot of troops that were deploying. And of course, they're worried about their family members. They're worried about their homes. So we had a two week pause in training and they said, well, you have these two weeks to go home and help your family members get situated and salvage any goods you have. I already know that I had lost absolutely everything. My son was safely in Missouri, so he was out of harm's way. So I took the opportunity to go and get checked out. And it turns out that I had a very rare uh, form of aggressive cancer called cystic carcinoma, which is a head, neck, and throat cancer, and it has a 50 50 chance um, of being treated and being successful. And I was just stopped in my tracks. It was probably one of the hardest things I had to deal with my, in my life because I had to separate from two of my families. I had I couldn't deploy with my military family who I had, you know, trained with and were ready to go into this combat situation. And I had promised their families that I would get them back safe. And I know that's a big promise, but I was a mother too. And so I was going to take as good as care of them as I, as I would my own child. And then I had to separate from my son because I had to go and get cancer treatment. So I spent the, spent the next six months at it, it used to be called Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. I had two, psych- two mm-hmm. surgeries and 30 cycles of radiation. It was a horrible, painful experience to go through. But that wasn't the hardest part of the story. So through the grace of God's, because I believe in many, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, the cancer uh treatment was successful and I did get in remission. But now the hard part of my story is now I don't have a place to live, don't have a job because New Orleans has decimated all the businesses, including the military units and all the homes. And so the military directs me to go to the Department of Veterans Affairs and I go there and they look at me like I'm foreign matter. And I said, well, the military tells me to come here because I'm a veteran and I'm in need of housing services. And they say, yes, you're a veteran, but you're a woman. I'm like, yeah, last time I checked and they say, well, we don't have any, um, you know, housing for women Oh, but you mentioned that you um, had an illegitimate child, so you need to go get on welfare and food stamps, like other women in your situation. And that was just like a gut punch. And that's no, not nothing disrespectful towards women who have to get on on welfare. But I was a woman who served my country, and the VA is for me and my brothers. And I shouldn't, have, I should not have been turned away. Because that was a service that I earned and I wasn't there for, for a handout. I was there for the hand up that I earned through my service and sacrifice. And so like many women, I ended up sleeping on my aunt's couch. That was a very hard pill for me to swallow because I felt like my service and sacrifice didn't matter just because of my gender. And so that's what led me on, you know, many journeys, but my biggest journey to to helping other women in the future to prevent them from being in a situation that I was in. So
0: Wow. (laughs) And I can't imagine also the how hard that must have been because you did refer to them as your family, like your veteran and your Army family, and for them to deny you what you were fully owed just because of your gender and just because there was no programs already set up for you in those situations, which I can't imagine, plus the idea of the fact that you had three different almost like tragedies happened to you at once. You lost your housing, you had lost your job, and you were battling cancer. So it's like a lot that you were taking in, but it all happened pretty much within days of each other, which I can't imagine. So what was it like mentally for you at that time? Because one thing is hard enough in a whole lifetime, but three of those things, especially in the timeframe that it happens, like what were you feeling? Were you just like surviving or how did you feel at that time mentally? I
1: had to focus on what I what I could control. Um, and I think for mm-hmm. some of us, we, again, we focused on the trauma, you know, uh, the focus on there. Obviously there's trauma and losing everything you're own, you've owned. Theirs. There's trauma in losing a job and there's trauma and cancer. And I said, what can I control of these three things? I cannot control that a hurricane has, you know, taken, taken away all my material possessions. I cannot control that I've also lost a job, but I can control mm-hmm. ensuring that I show up every day for my cancer treatment. And I think positive that this will cure me, that this will make me better. So that's what I focus on. The one thing that I control Mm -hmm. was my positive mindset and feeling that this was going to make me better. And each treatment was going to get me closer to my son. So I just started to focus on, you know, self-awareness and being more positive during this time. Because I think when some people are sick, our mindset can make us sicker and i think that's why eventually mm-hmm. i was led into spirituality because it it does help you be more more self aware and more in tune with yourself but i think definitely setting my my, my mindset towards a more positive trajectory Definitely helped me get through one of the darkest times in my life.
0: Was that something that you utilized before all of the diagnosis and all of these tragedies that happened to you? Or is this something that developed because in like wake
1: of all of that, do you think that was something that you knew or something that you developed after? It was something that developed later, but I think it was something that I utilized. However, I didn't know where it came from Mm -hmm. or why I was utilizing it until years and years later. And I realized, you know, what a gut feeling really is. It's not really a gut feeling. It's intuition. And I think that we don't really listen to ourselves and our bodies enough because we think it's always oh, it's just a hunch or it's just a bad feeling. No, it's your body and your mind telling you to don't do this thing or be aware of this thing. And I think we need to listen to ourselves, you know, more, I'm, you know, self-awareness is a beautiful thing, you know, because when you are self-aware, nobody can tell you that you're ugly. Nobody can tell you that you're fat. Nobody can't tell you that you don't look absolutely fabulous because you're not, you are not relying on the thoughts and the compliments of others. Others to give you the joy that you need in your life mm-hmm. you are you are self-sufficient in love
0: yeah it's not asking for things outside of yourself it's like already instilled in you so you become relentless and you become um much stronger you have that barrier of yourself around you and so anything else can't really get
1: in right I mean it, anything else is extra so you know S- Sydney yeah. you already a beautiful woman and you know that so if I say Sydney oh my god girl you, you're beautiful and you killing and you say thank you you know and mm-hmm. it's I'm adding or' I'm already affirming what you already know. But if I say, girl, you are not doing anything today, it wouldn't bother you because you already affirmed yourself and you're already secure and filled self-love. So there's nothing that I can do to you to bring what you already have in yourself down. And that's what I want more women and more people in general to realize and to adopt and accept.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And something that we can all utilize and something that especially as women are almost taught not to do or almost diminished by, you know, relying on things like beauty. But it's it's more than just like looking nice. It's It's more of like, I feel, Mm -hmm. and I think that you can relate to this, a feeling of just like an inner strength versus like an outer beauty or an outer appearance. It's more of that inner depth of self. Exactly. I want to get into your entire story and break it down a little bit more. But I first want to ask you my initial questions that I ask everyone because I like to level the playing field for all my guests. And I ask everyone... At the beginning to bring either something from their nightstand surprising or with an interesting backstory. So Jazz, what do you have for us
1: today to share? So what many people don't know is I actually soft launched my own skincare line, but this is my Purifying Detox Cleanser, which has coconut activated charcoal in it, which is very cleansing and purifying for your skin and draws out the toxins, but also doesn't draw out the moisture moisturizing things in your skin. And the name of my brand is Ag- Agnia Awakening. And we were talking earlier about your intuition. So Agnia is your brow chakra, which is where you draw your um, intuition from, and it's also the origin of mani- manifestation. So many people ask, "Why did you go into skincare?" Because you know, going from a nonprofit that houses homeless women veterans, they would think like skincare—that's like on a completely other end of the spectrum. As I got again into spirituality and more self-awareness, I was thinking about how I like to do do more things with a purpose. So instead of just getting up and washing my face, I wanted to connect. With my face, and so while I'm washing my face, I'm not just, you know, let me go through and just wash my face. I am connecting my face. I am nourishing my skin, and also people don't realize the strong and mind skin connection, which is formed when we are uh, forming in the embryo. They are connected. So that's when when you're sad, people can look at it on your face. When you haven't been drinking enough water, it's on your face. There's a lot of things you can tell that your mind is sending signals to you know to your body, and so I wanted to connect spirituality with self care, and that's why I um, created my skincare line. And so I start my day you know with affirmations as I'm watching my face, and so I start self affirming first thing in the morning. Mm,
0: I love that and I love the connection because it's it seems like an idea of presence which we and especially myself just tend to forget or tend to push through especially those morning routines or the just the simple process of washing your face, but I love that you're using like your passions to instill that like slower process and that like giving back that love and appreciation to yourself with something so simple as skincare. With your skincare line, which is amazing. I'm excited to talk to you about that. What is it that you were looking for in making, like what led you to this product that you created? Like, were you seeing a gap in the market? Were you needing something specific for your skin? What led you to this
1: product? Well, I wanted to develop something that had a purpose. You know, there are not there are dozens of things that you could obviously clean your skin with. And it's not, I didn't create, I never create things to be in competition with anyone. I always create things when I'm led with a purpose. And I was led mm-hmm. at a per let with a purpose because People during this pandemic, I don't think we're really taking good care of themselves because they had lost the connection with other people. A lot of people need to be around other people in order to feel like their lives are being fulfilled or order to feel Mm -hmm. like they're connecting. And I'm like, this is a perfect time to connect with yourself, you know? And so you have more Mm -hmm. time with yourself. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing. And so I wanted people to more practice self-care more and to practice self-care, get more self-aware. And so when i put in my skincare line together, I also have facial masks that you can use during meditation. I'm also heavily into meditation. So as you're laying there mm-hmm. with your facial sheet mask on, I also play music. So I have sound therapy. Um, so Feggio frequencies, binary frequencies, and I'm working on developing a, uh, a meditation app as well to go with this total spiritual and soulful experience that I'm putting together. So it's not really like a skincare line I'm putting together. It is a self-care and holistic experience that I am putting together for those that need to reconnect with self, but also take care of the largest organ on their body, which people don't realize is the skin?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that, and it's it's the connection to self. I I agree. A lot of myself included, we lost sight of that, and when we were forced to do that more in the pandemic and last year, it, we almost pushed it away more, and it, it was uncomfortable to be faced with like just yourself and the isolation and all those things. But I love that you took that and spend it in a positive way. Like it seems that you're very good at doing, and created this practice for yourself and you mentioned this idea of intuition and the practice that you have with like meditation and affirmation so talk me through that process for you and what it means like where the spirituality aspect came from and what it is to be intuitive because I feel like that idea can be kind of overwhelming at first for people about the idea of like figuring out what your intuition is and learning how to trust it and knowing what's right. So like, how did that first get introduced to you, the spiritual aspect of your life? And then how did you know to trust it and bring it to the place that it is now.
1: So I had friends that were into different af- af- aspects of spirituality, and, and I think people when they look into spirituality, especially people who come from religious families, obviously oh. it's frowned mm-hmm. upon. Um, but spirituality is more than just you know deities, gods, and goddesses. You know, although I do connect with more of the uh, Hindu pantheon because I I, I value friendships of relationships. I love the relationship that Lord Ganesha and Goddess Lakshmi have. I also love the relationship that um, Lakshmi has with her husband and that she follows him in each each incarnation. Um, I just love love. Like I love my husband. I tell him, you know, we've done this dance before, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But spirituality is also finding something to connect with greater than yourself. You know, nature is something that's greater than herself. Some people are into astrology and connecting with the stars. Some people are just into connecting, you know, with self. There are just so many aspects that you connect with. And it's not a cookie cutter thing. It has nothing to do with worshiping. It's finding your center, finding yourself and what makes you feel good and developing a a routine and connection that centers and and helps you to find your balance. And what I say about intuition is I think a lot of people are afraid of intuition, which is why we pick up our phone and say, hey girl, what do you think about this? It's like we need buy-in and you don't. You only need to, if you can't trust yourself, that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that people, when they say, well, well, you, you make a lot of bad decisions and that's why, you know, and I don't think people are making that bad decisions. I think people are just not trusting their intuition and they're just, they're just doing things, you know, on a whim where they could be getting bad information. That's why people used to always give me information about my nonprofit and my business. And I said, you know what, that's great if that works for you, but I don't feel that that's not the way Mm -hmm. I feel like going, or I don't feel like that's right for me. And it's perfectly okay to feel people are always, you know, attacking women for being overly emotional and being in their feelings. I stay in my feelings because they are mine, and there's nothing wrong with me trusting in myself, my feelings, my emotions, and my intuition. Again, that is the origin of mani- manifestation. It comes from here. So you'll notice when people are in the the hospital and like they die, you know, if their heart gives out, they could possibly find another heart if they can find another heart, right? But nobody ever says you're heart dead. You, you know that? Mm-hmm. Because you can find another heart and still live. You can't mm. can't have once you're brain dead, you are dead. You can't get a yeah. <laughs> you can't get a you know no, right. um that's true a brain transplant because that is uniquely yours. You you can't mm. transfer that information, you can't transfer intuition or use anybody else's. And that's why you have to, you know, trust in self. And that's not to say you shouldn't have mentors and guys to help you think outside the box, but the ultimate decision to make any decision about your life in your business and your trajectory should be yours. And you should be able to trust in yourself. If you can't trust in yourself, then you need to think about where that feeling of internal distrust comes from. And that's where being mm-hmm. self-aware is important. You know, when I feel uneasy about certain things, I can connect with what makes me feel uneasy about that. Like when we go into relationships with new people, there's something they did that we didn't like, but mostly Mm -hmm. they probably did something that someone we've been with before did. And we realized that we didn't like that in that person because we've experienced it before. Most of the things Mm -hmm. that we have to to intuition about our past experience resurface based on triggers. And we just need to be aware of that. But spirituality has been an amazing tool for me. I also have major depressive disorder. I've had both of my uh, knees replaced. I've had spinal fusion. I was in army for 17 years, a lot of wear tearing tear, yeah. tear on your body. I was talking to my uh, psychiatrist and she was talking to me about my medications and things. And I just said, I just want you to know that I realize that there's nothing you can give me in a bottle that's going to cure me. I also realized there's no amount of, you know, counseling sessions that we have that's going to cure me. And she said, why did you say that? Because I said, I want you to know that I am just as involved in my treatment and my healing process as you are. And that is what is going to make my healing journey a success. And Mm -hmm. she was just so happy with that because I know there are a lot of us that we put so much of our lives and our healings in everybody's hands, just because they have a title. Yes, there are medical professionals, but just take there's no such thing as a magic pill in a bottle. Even when you take any type of narcotics or benzodiazepines, that feeling and that rush is short lived, and you're back where you're mm-hmm. at, unless you are continuously having practice throughout the day that gives you some type of motivation, give you give yourself, yourself some type of self love and self care. So once that feeling from that particular thing leaves. You have something else to fill into it that keeps the feeling mm-hmm. going throughout the rest of the day. And that is why when I wake up, I start with daily affirmations. I affirm that I am covered in and draw in success, abundance, mm-hmm. you know, wisdom, guidance, you know, those types of things. I am beautiful. I am full. You know, I am satisfied. I trust myself. I am wisdom. I am love. So I, I start myself, you know, with those things. I also say, you know, my family is safe and protected. And today I have no worries. Those are very simple things. Those are things you don't have, pe- have mm-hmm. to pay people millions of dollars to write down for you. It's just, what mm-hmm. are the things you want for your life? What are the things you want for yourself? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? And if you don't like what you see in the mirror, what would you like to see? And whatever you want to change, say those things to yourself. And most of the changes are mental. Most of all changes so, so are mental. <laughs> if you yeah. if you think and feel like you're ugly, there ain't no amount of, ma- amount of makeup or anything you can put on yourself. But if you think and feel mm-hmm. that you're beautiful, makeup is just an accessory. It is not you putting on makeup to cover up anything that you don't like. We all have something that we see as an imperfection, but that is what makes you uniquely you. That is why we are all different. That is just our thing. So love that thing. Love that chunky cellulite on your legs. That's your cellulite. You earned that girl, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and if exactly. you don't like it, go to the gym. Or get some Mm -hmm. creams or some rollers and roll it out or, you know, do some squats, whatever it is that you don't like about yourself change it, but don't hate mm-hmm. yourself about that thing, especially if you have the power to do something about it.
0: Yeah. I loved everything that you just said. And I love that idea of intuition is just like leaning into the things that you love and just knowing yourself fully. And even if that means you are pulling other people in to help you, it's having also that intuition of like knowing who to trust and who to call in or who to seek guidance from, but it still is going to come from a place in- of intuition, which is still yourself guiding you, but using those resources to get you in the direction that you know yourself that you're getting towards, if that makes sense. I have one more question that I ask everyone. And I'm wondering for you if there's been anything lately that's been on your heart or mind. It could be related to anything that we've talked about or something completely random. So anything for you, Jazz, that's been coming up for
1: you lately, kind of often? I mean, there's always so many things on my mind. My mind goes a mile a minute. Um, yeah. I just think as a as a country we're going through a tough time th- a tough time. And not just as a country as a world, you know, COVID is hurting a lot of people in, in a lot of different places. And I think if there was any a time for us to come together, it would be now. You know, COVID has shown that it doesn't care if you're black or white, if you're from Europe, if you're from Asia, if you're from, you know, Africa, whatever country you're from, it doesn't discriminate. So I hope one day as a as a world and as a country we will get to a place and we don't discriminate and we can Just either take care of each other or leave each other the hell alone if we can't get along. agree.
0: There's always something going on. And I think last year was one of those things that ultimately should have brought us together because it's that one thing, I think, especially in the past, there hasn't been something that's unified us in this way, even though it's unifying us in tragedy and like heartache and sadness and sickness, it is you're still unifying us and it's kind of leveled the playing field for everyone. And I think that's a great way to look at it. It's like That should push us together and help us lean on each other. And I've seen that in some ways, but I think we could all do better with that. And hopefully with time going on, we continue to do so. But there's always something that's going to challenge that. And I think especially lately, we've seen that constantly in the news and all the sadness. But
1: yeah, I say if we, if we all just did a little, eventually there would be nothing left to do. Love that.
0: Um, I want to go back to your story a little bit because I love your positive outlook on things, especially someone that you have, who has gone through such extremes in life. What is it that you have felt, like say, in the highest of highs? Because you've been a veteran, you've had, you've created this foundation, you've done all these amazing things, and you've received all these awards and recognition for that. But you've also have been in the extreme lows of life. So I'm wondering for you, like, what were the main lessons from experiencing those two extremes? Because not everyone has the chance to experience those extremes so what were your lessons from the highs and the lessons from the lows as well
1: you know my life has been a universal uh lesson i look at you know yin and yang light and dark energy so it's, it's been a balance mm-hmm. the highs and lows just keep, and, and keep you human and let you know that nobody is bulletproof life happens to anyone regardless of if you're ready for it or not but the highs are you overcoming the lows and you're not allowing the lows to stop you from achieving the highs that the lows are you know the traumas and what are you going to do with those traumas? For me, I turned them into lessons. I turned them into learning opportunities. And ultimately, I learned and I turned them into opportunities to help other people, hopefully change trajectories for other people's lives who may have felt that they were in a, a hopeless position, but learned that there are other people out there that do care about them that have been through similar situations and seeing me come through it may have given them inspiration to hope that they could come through it as well.
0: I think you're definitely a huge uh, example of someone to be inspired by and someone that people could look up to, especially during the times of lows. What do you say to someone who is in a low currently? And I I think it's the hardest to see something as a a lesson or something positive when you're in the, the middle of that low. So what did you lean on or how did you see it as a lesson while you were in it? Or is that something that you kind of learned after the fact? How did you see it as a lesson during that middle of that low?
1: So I had a uh, one lady that came into our, uh, in our organization, came into our transitional housing facility. She was homeless with her kids, and she just felt like a, a failure. You know, after serving in the military, getting all these awards and accolades, you know, fighting in the combat zone, and then coming back to a country and you're homeless, that does something to you from so many Mental, physical, you know, emotional levels. And she just says, I am just a failure. I have nothing to give. I am broken. And so I gave her a piece of paper and I gave her a colored pencil. And I said, Write your name on that paper. And she wrote a name on a paper. Then I told her, Break the pencil in half. She broke the pencil in half. And I said, Okay, with the end that writes, can you put a heart under your name? And she drew a heart under her name. And I said, That broken pencil is you. And she's like, I don't understand. I said, It still works and it still writes. We may be broken instead of focusing on our. Our inabilities. We should spend more time focusing on our capabilities. So let's focus in on strengthening the parts of us that works and, and leading mm-hmm. with those things. So like me, I can't run anymore because I've had two knee replacements. I don't need to run anymore. I can ride a bike. I can still do upper body training. And also I tell people, you know, my voice is the, the strongest tool I have on my body. And that works perfectly fine. I don't need to walk 30 miles to get the attention of 30, 30 million people. I just simply have to open my mouth, you know? So, mm-hmm. and that changed, you know, so much for her when I told her that because she never thought about it like that. I'm like, yeah, there are many broken things that, that still work. How many times, well, I'm, I'm a little bit older, but you know, when our TV used to didn't work, we had the big TV with the antennas. You know, we put aluminum foil on the antennas to get the station right in, to get the picture clearer. And, and sometimes you have to be, your own duck cape. You have to be your own piece of foil, you know, to get yourself back to where you need to be. When we think about self-care and self-love, we like, you know, I have to go on a Tibetan climb and go up to the great wall and get to the top. And that's how I know that I can overcome anything. Self-love doesn't have to be a grandiose gesture. Yeah. You can just say, hey, I love you. <laughs> You know, you're going to have a great, amazing day. Um, you are going to thrive. You're going to get that promotion. You know, that guy that keeps looking at you, why don't, you're going to ask him on a date and he is going to accept. You know, so it's just small things. And I think we we just feel like things have to be so grand and they don't. And a lot of simple things can turn into be uh, amazing things. And so for, for me, that, that's what it's been. And just re- realizing in that moment, what I'm supposed to be doing, why I'm doing it. But also with the things that I don't have, okay, I don't have these things. But you know what? I'm going to focus on working what I have.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's that shift of perspective. And I think that can change everything. And I think it's shown for you how that perspective has helped you transform your entire life from the highs to the lows, um, which is incredible. And I love that you do that for people and that you just have that such strong mindset. And you're such a good example of how things can really shift if you shift those things. So thank you for that. I do want to talk about your foundation and the idea, because I never really thought of how common it can be for people to become homeless after serving in the military, you just never think of those things. You just you just never imagine that, that would happen because you guys are like the treasures of our country. You keep us safe and all of the things. So, how common is that? And because clearly it was before you to have a need to make this foundation. So, how common is that? And how can we help fix that problem
1: in our country? Well, people always ask me that question. Well, what's what's the key to having, <clears throat> you know, less homeless veterans? Is it more housing? I'm like, no, ironically, is less homeless veterans. Um, and and I, I say that because the key is prevention. You know, the key is not to wait for them to get ho- homeless. And then, okay, well, now let's build them a house. Now let's see. What we can mm-hmm. do. We need to be proactive in these approaches. And it's it's not like we haven't studied what the root causes of homelessness among veterans are. We know about PTSD, we know about, you know, military sexual trauma, you know, the other physical injuries and unseen injuries of, of war. You know, having trouble getting employment because you know you haven't gotten your VA benefits or you haven't been able to get treated. There's so many things. Why aren't we treating the symptoms mm-hmm. as as opposed to waiting for the outbreak? Mm-hmm. That's the thing I have a, I have trouble with, which is why I always advocate. You know, we need to ensure that they're getting their VA benefits on time, ensure they're able to get timely appointments. You know, when they need them, ensure we can get them properly diagnosed. Mm-hmm you know, so they can get what they need. That should be affordable housing, you know, not just for veterans, but for everybody in this country. We're the one of the richest countries in the nation. You know, how many times have you driven by abandoned houses or abandoned complexes and you're like, you know, why aren't they using that? And the next thing you know, some rich developer has come and swooped up the Mm -hmm. land and now this now this property is, you know, worth millions of dollars. For me, unfortunately, I realize in the nonprofit world, sometimes it's just more money to be made in prolonging the problem, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because for some, because of the federal definition of homelessness, you have to physically be homeless through mm-hmm. HUD and VA's definition as a veteran in order to get services. Mm-hmm. So you have to physically be on the street. The thing with women veterans is over 70% of women veterans that are homeless are mothers. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the women who are on the street. These are their children. And so what's the first thing that's going to happen if someone reports you on the street with a child and you're homeless? Someone's going to call the police and social services. You're going to lose your kid.
0: Mm.
1: So women veterans are forced to couch surf, which is live with family and friends, or they stay in domestic violence situations and continue to get beaten because, well, at least I have my kid with me. Mm. And the problem with that is the federal definition of homelessness doesn't recognize women veterans who couch surf, which is how they survive. That's wow. how I survive by living on my own couch. And so if you can't be counted, then you can't be helped. Yeah. And the only way you can be helped is to risk potentially losing your children by saying, okay, yes, I'm homeless and I'm living on the street. That's the first thing they're going to do is take your kids away wow. from you. And why would you put someone in that position who has served and sacrificed for their nation? It's wow. one of the most Ludicrous things that I've ever heard. And so we do not require them to be on the street. You know, you're living with your parents your cousins or whatever. You show us your DD-214 with proof of your honorable service and that you completed your initial service obligation. You qualify and we help you and support you. There's no bunch of red tape. We don't need 30,000 statements and you to go see three layers of admin. We make the process very easily once we verify that you qualify because in the situations, time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have three days before I get evicted. Can you help me? Well, if you have to go through a three week process, how is that going to help them? Yeah. You know, so we're able to print preventive issues, which I say prevention is the key to keep you and your children your, in your home. It costs way less. To keep them in their homes than it does to wait for them to get the evicted. Then they have to go through shelters and housing programs. And then, you know, eventually they get back on their feet and now they need security deposits and things like that. But oh, in the meantime, they've, they've lost their jobs. They've mm. had to relocate to other schools for their children. So there are so many second and third order effects that these women with children have to go through. And it is our job and our mission to prevent all of that. All. Wow.
0: You made that make so much sense. I never thought of it like that, that the fear of losing their children is preventing them from getting the help that they need. So thank you so much for creating something that's going to help that. And it's so, I know, dangerous, especially for women to be on the streets. And then uh, the other element of having their children with them as well, where they're so vulnerable. What is the name of your foundation and how can people help out with that?
1: Yeah. So the name of the organization is Final Salute, Inc. And uh, it's uh, www.finalsaluteinc.org um it only costs $25 a day to house a woman veteran and her children in our facility and in addition to providing housing we also provide food clothing they have their own space so it's not like a shelter with a bunch of beds they have their own room and their privacy they also have their own bathroom people do not unless you're a woman you don't realize how important having your own bathroom is and so no one is sharing bathrooms um, it's, uh, we have a 9,000 square foot facility in Alexandria, Virginia, but although it's located in the DC Metro area, mm-hmm. any woman from across the country, um, can come and live there. And also we provide emergency financial assistance, again, to prevent homelessness, because again, that is truly the key, but you know, unfortunately sometimes women, when they can't get help in their area, they already become homeless. And so they do come live in our shelter, um, our transitional home And they can stay there for a period of up to two years. Mm. Um, And with COVID, it's you know the help has skyrocketed exponentially with everything going on because you know now everyone needs the help, Mm -hmm. and so there's more and more people you know going to disaster relief um, locations and going to you know organization that gives money for homelessness and bills and things like that. And so we've seen an increase because. Women veterans were already a forgotten population when you're talking about homeless and supportive services. So now imagine everybody needing these services. Mm. And now they're being, you know, enveloped by total country that's in crisis on top of the crisis that they were already experiencing.
0: Wow. It's like things that you don't come across every day. And it's really powerful to get the insight like that. It just, you would never think that that's something that like that would happen in this country or especially to people that have served this country. So I, again, I can't thank you enough for helping them and creating such an amazing service. Um, I have my last few questions for you. Uh, before we do, I you've brought up this thought a lot of just like the mindset and beauty and going within instead of Without and from the outside of yourself to feel good, to feel beautiful, to feel your best. So, can you just give us some last few tips on how to do that, how you do that for yourself, and how that has changed your life essentially with changing Mm -hmm. those mindsets?
1: So, my beauty regimen doesn't start with makeup or anything like that. It starts with positive self talk. So, I tell myself that I am beautiful. I tell myself that I am radiant. You know, I tell myself that I am shining. I tell myself that I am a goddess. I tell myself everything to promote positive self-talk and to, you know, boost my own self-confidence. I don't rely on anyone to make me feel a certain kind of way. Of course, I love compliments from my husband mm-hmm. and from my friends and stuff. Your, your skin looks great today. And I'm like, thank you. But um, I, I think it's So important for us to, you know, first get that from ourselves. And again, there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup and putting on a nice dress and doing your hair in a certain way, as long as you're doing it for you Mm -hmm. and not doing it for people to like you or for people to accept you or because it's the latest trend or, you know, because you feel like it will make another person connect with you more. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't like yourself, people can pick up on that. And that's when people take advantage of you because. That is an indicator of low self-esteem and a lack of Mm self-love. And you definitely don't want anybody who is obviously a predator or a narcissist to pick up on that because they will use it to their advantage. And so you have to love yourself, practice positive self-love, practice your affirmations, you know, outside of beauty, you know, what are the things that you want for yourself? Is it to be wiser? Do you want more abundance and prosperity in your life, do you want a healthier lifestyle? You know, whatever it is speak those things into existence because speaking it is how you manifest it. Mm-hmm. When most people are like, what does it have to do with beauty? It has everything to do with beauty because beauty is a word. It's a mindset mm-hmm. and it's been defined. You know, it is a thing. It is not a real thing. It's a concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have to determine for yourself what beauty is to you and don't let anybody else determine that Regardless of what standard is out, regardless of what trend is out, your beauty is your beauty.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love defining it for yourself because everyone tells us what it it should be in magazines and social media and all the things. But redefining it for yourself is incredible. I think also allows you to see beauty more in your life when you recognize it in yourself. You can see it outside of yourself. You can see it in other people. You can see it in nature. You can just you get so many signs of it. Which I've also heard people relate to spirit in a way beauty equal spirits and like signs of something outside of ourselves or something higher than ourselves, yeah, which definitely. is incredible. Um, My last two questions I ask everyone and just to wrap us up. So Jazz, thank you so much for everything that you shared and for being so incredible and a, a great example of just someone to look up to. I ask this of everyone, anything that you would like to be remembered by, looking back on all of the things that you've gone through and just hope, hoping to at the end of your days be remembered by. What would that be?
1: The kind of people my children were, because they are my legacy. What I have done, I don't believe is my legacy. That's just what I was able to do on my time in this earth and my 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 time, you know, as I am here now. But I believe my children are my legacy because they will continue on while I'm gone. And, you know, they will be able to tell people the kind of mother I was, the kind of leader that I was, and the kind of life that I have and how I impacted others. And so. I would leave that conversation up to them, how I raised them, what did I instill in them and what kind of life that were they led to because of the life that I That's so
0: Powerful. I love that so much. And it sounds like you guys have a very special bond. Last question I have. Any last piece of advice that you could leave us with? You have all this insights and all of this knowledge. What would be one last leaving piece of advice that you would give us?
1: Trust yourself.
0: I love that. It's so simple, but so powerful because I think that can change everything. And I think, again, you've shown how that is true. Jazz, where can everyone find you, your foundation and your skincare, all of the stuff that you do?
1: Yeah. So again, again, my nonprofit um, is www.fondaslutine.com. Dot org my skincare line is ajna-awakening.com um, my spiritual name is goddess juliet Bravo, So when you see me on my spiritual page don't get <laughs> alarmed because i did give myself a spiritual name but also if you can't find my uh ajna awakening cycle some people don't know um like it's a it's a sanskrit mm. um word and a sanskrit sanskrit spelling um you can also look up jazz boo speaks mm. And that will, because I'm also a public speaker and that will also direct you through my, to my skincare care site.
0: Can't thank you enough. Again, thank you for your service. Thank you for helping all the people that you do. And thank you just for being such a light in the world. So thank you. Thank you, Sydney. You have a good day. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review and follow as well as subscribe. So you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously, send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on Instagram, and I'll see you next Wednesday.